0: Hey Dodger Dogs, you're stepping into the dugout of the Dodger Dogs podcast. I'm Christian Cruz, your host. This podcast will be diving into Dodger baseball news, game, and series recaps, stats, and much more from a fan's perspective. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. And for more news, follow the podcast on Twitter, slash X, at the Dodger Dogs, or Instagram at the Dodger Dogs podcast. You can also email me at the Dodger Dogs podcast at gmail.com. For those of you who want a little more information on the stats used in baseball and a quick reference guide, uh, check out episode 2 where I give a general breakdown of the common statistical categories used in baseball and what they mean. So grab yourself a dog, some peanuts, sunflowers, or Cracker Jack and let's take a trip around the diamond. On today's episode, I'm going to to give a spring training update and talk about the new MLB jerseys. Uh, So thanks again for listening and let's jump right in. So spring training. So Tyler Glasnow, one of our acquisitions um, that we um, got on the offseason but also extended on, is hitting about 98 to 99 on the gun. I mean, that's just amazing. I know a lot of people have talked a lot about him in terms of, you know, can he sustain this um, for, for, for the whole year? Um, so, so far, so good. I mean, when you're talking about 98 or 99 on the gun um, and seems to be, super, you know, really healthy uh, in live batting practice, says a lot so we're looking forward to seeing how he progresses throughout the spring and what happens in the in the first uh, part of the year I suspect they're still going to do some kind of innings um reductions throughout the year so we'll see like some spot some spot starts here and there but also we're probably going to see a lot of time where you may not see him in the lineup They'll so just scratch him for one of the younger kids to kind of come up so looking pretty good uh Yoshinobu Yamamoto he threw live betting practice uh session on-field two hitters on Saturday with both Gavin Lux and Freddie Freeman uh, who have said they were very impressed. Impressed. So when you talk about, you know, two good hitters who know a great pitcher, when they see one to give him that kind of uh, a stamp of approval says a lot about his stuff. Um, I know a lot, has, a lot has been made about him uh, coming from the MPB into the majors and if he's going to be able to have it. But, you know, when you're talking about Gavin Lux and Freddie Freeman and they're giving him, you know, some pretty high praise, I think it says a lot. So it was good to see uh, him. Uh, honestly, his stuff was pretty filthy. It's amazing just to see what, what he's doing out there. So I can't wait to see him um, when it really counts, but looking forward to it. So he actually faced a group of hitters, um, including Freddie Freeman. But he also faced Mookie Betts, Jason Hayward, and Manuel Margot, uh, uh, key starters in our lineup this year. So it's not like he's just going after some of our younger guys or you know call-ups or non, uh, non-roster non invites to, to uh, spring training. Um, so he's looking pretty good so uh, happy to hear about that. Uh, the other kind of uh, spring training update is Sho- Shohei uh, Otani is looking like he will be available on opening day. He's still ahead of schedule in his recovery from last year's Tommy John surgery which he still hasn't referenced as Tommy John but I think we all are in agreement that it was it was Tommy John. On Friday he put on a show by taking 26 swings and of those 26 swings hitting 13 home runs. Now it is batting practice I get it you know people are like well of course they're going to hit home runs but if you look at the video and way the way he's hitting them out of the uh, park and just the way he's putting the bat and the barrel onto the baseball itself. It's its just different. Uh, I am you know, I would definitely tell you guys to go out there and, and check out some of the videos. I'm going to put some links uh, down below um, in the show notes just so that you all uh, uh, could access some of this. But he's looking pretty good out there. Uh, we suspect, again, that as he progresses, he's going to look that much better. But this is like really the first week and a half or so that these guys have been together, have been um, doing some work um in camelback ranch so a lot of it's going to be just coming down to how he progresses over time um sure it's early want to make sure that the arm is looking pretty good but again you know as you kind of progress through the spring training and kind of get you know some of the kinks out um you know after coming off some serious injuries and something i know of is you'll start to feel some soreness um over maybe not in the short term but over the long term so i'm sure they'll keep an eye on, on an eye on that but his swing just looks ridiculously good so far so happy to see that he's progressing very well i fully expect that he's going to be on the roster for an opening day if not not a big deal again they want to ease him into it i mean we just spent 700 million on him over the next basically 20 years at this point uh so they're gonna probably still play him but if he's ready to go he's gonna be ready to go i think there's no reason for him not to be starting or at least be in the starting lineup uh the dodgers bullpen news so this is something i've been very curious about i know a lot of people um I've been talking about the bullpen itself and how come we haven't uh, picked up a, a legit closer. Uh, so I'm going to dive into this little topic a little bit more in t- in terms of like why I think they're probably doing that. The reason that I agree that they shouldn't have pulled the trigger on spending more money on, on a closer. I think it's, uh, it's something that's not necessarily not necessary at this point. But Dave Roberts said that the Dodgers goal is to have Blake Trinan. JP Fireisen and Daniel Hudson on the active roster to start the year that that basically tells me that they're looking pretty good already in spring training and that they're going to start the year in March uh, in Korea with the rest of the ball club uh, I fully expect that they're thinking they're healthy they're going to contribute to the team Uh, so it looks like the Dodgers are confident that at, at least going into 2024 they will have all three to rely on and hopefully become huge contributors. Uh this is probably why Kenley Jackson wasn't signed or hasn't been really strongly considered. Um I mean he might have been strongly considered, but probably not signed. When you're talking about taking a contract of be between I think it was sixteen and eighteen million dollars, if Boston is not trying to take on some of that contract, it makes no sense. When you got three guys, and these are three legit guys, you're talking about uh both Blake Tranan and Daniel Huston have been lights out. The injuries have kept them out. Um a shoulder injury for Blake Trainin has been been one of those things that's kept them out for over a year as well as jp uh fire eisen but the bottom line is um there's no reason for us to go after a closer if we already have people in the bullpen that can be that guy and i think at least one of these people can be that guy um along with evan phillips so if you start looking into who's healthy and who's not if all three of these guys are healthy you have uh, you have evan phillips and alex bestia and, and and company there. I don't see there a reason for us to bring in a a, a closer and pay, and spend that kind of money. I know it's kind of um in, counterintuitive. It's like why not just get the closer? We got the money, but at the same time, they got to be fiscally responsible about it. We got guys in uh in the bullpen already, but let's see what they got. Uh, this also gives an opportunity for some of the younger guys to come in and get into the bullpen throughout the year and provide some kind of uh, assistance there and, and um get some innings um in in the majors, which is something that they're gonna have to do. Uh, you know. The Dodgers have had one of the best um, pipelines uh, into the majors. The problem is there's like a backlog there. We don't, There's nowhere to put them. So I think this is a good opportunity for them to get some real playing time, see what we actually got. Uh, who knows? There might be a gem there that we don't even realize, and they're only going to get those opportunities uh, by allowing them to come up into the big leagues and, and spot start them or at least bring them into the bullpen for a little while. You're not going to get that with Kenley if you have to bring him in, Evan Phillips, and if these guys are all healthy, again, that's – that's a uh, that's a lot, so I think that's one of the biggest reasons. I'm okay with that, to be honest. Let's see what they got. If they don't really don't have a whole lot going on, then at the at the trade deadline, then may revisit it and say, okay, what what kind of prospects can we give up to bring someone in to fill in that gap? So until then, I say let's go with it. We're pretty solid uh, for now. Um, and you saw last year, the pull the bullpen wasn't very good throughout the year. After the break, there were lights out. I think they were second, um, in terms of ERA as a team in uh, MLB in that second half. So. That tells you a lot in terms about how much uh we have in that bullpen. Uh, both Trinen and Fryerison did not pitch last season, uh, at least last season. So I kind of mentioned that a little bit. They were both rehabbing uh from shoulder surgery, which is kind of a big deal. I mean, it's it's not like Tommy John in that sense that you know there's a, a strict uh timeline there. When you talk about shoulder uh injuries, um, uh, it's kind of up and down. So and and again, it's one of those things where you really gotta let them heal. If not, you're gonna go back to square one, and there goes another season. Might be the end of a career. Um, so you don't want to do that. Hudson is Hudson is actually recovering from an knee injury, and he was one of twenty three non roster invites this year. I will include the full list of um uh, in terms of the link in the episode in the episode note notes just so that you know who were the other twenty three non roster invites. But Daniel Hudson, uh, you know Dave, uh, you know Co- uh, Coach um, uh, Roberts uh, or Manager Roberts, uh, brought him up a little bit throughout the spring training a couple days ago. He said he you know he's looking good. He called him Huddy, so Huddy's looking good. I think what they expect is, a even though he's a non-roster, invite, they, they do think that he's going to be a major contributor, and he should be. If he's fully healthy, he lights out also, so I'm looking forward to that. So I do want to give a quick update on what's going on in spring training. Everything seems to be going good. The guys seem to be meshing together. That's awesome. Uh, uh, it's been a circus out there, but I think it's a good opportunity for them to kind of get into it because throughout the year, it is going to be a circus. Shohei Otani is going to be kind of the guy that takes the pressure off some of these other guys as well. So as much as you don't want all the pressure on him at the same time, you did pay him 700 million. He is that guy. He's going to have to take that role, that leadership role. It's going to free up Mookie. I think he's going to free up, uh, Freeman, even Jason Hayward, Manuel Margot, um, Gavin Lux, just to kind of ease him into the into the year. I think with Gavin Lux, you know, if you don't have to be that guy, and it was mentioned on a couple of podcasts and, and other uh places, but just be solid. That's all you need to do this year. You don't have to go crazy out there. You're betting 260, 270. That's still solid. You're gonna be an average fielder, that's still what we need. I think at this point is just getting a healthy moving on up. I actually expect him to be pretty close to an all-star. Um, he that's his spot. I mean, he there's no reason for him not to be. But it's okay if he's average. He's just got to hold it down, minimize the injuries, and just hopefully we don't have to move a whole lot in terms of like if he gets hurt, you know, we got to bring, uh, you know, someone else in and see wh- how that fits. I mean, we, ha- we have a pretty good backup as well. But at the same time, you know, you start moving people around, if, say there's another injury. Then we have to put Mookie out in the outfield again and move him for second base. I think this year what they're really looking at is some stability in terms of the infield and outfield. You're gonna to want to have your all everyday guys out there. Um, you know, obviously spots start some some guys here to minimize innings played, but at the same time, that's what they're gonna to try to do. Uh the other piece I think they're looking at is if they're stable, uh the uh they're gonna look at trying to rest Mookie, trying to rest uh Freeman, trying to rest some of these bigger, bigger names just so that they make it through the year. I think we saw last year think freddie freeman played 161 games out of 162 that's awesome if you're gonna go after if, if it means something at the end when you win 100 games and, and you get a world series championship but they fell off and so i think that's what they're looking at and saying do you really need to be out there every single day find time for a day off in between austin uh, so the series is here that is in la you have to go across to the east coast maybe give them a day off something like that so i think that's what they're looking at but they're all looking pretty good so i'm pretty excited about it um so I'm gonna go into the next uh, uh segment. Uh, so I'm gonna take a quick little break. Thanks for listening. But the next segment is gonna be what's cracks my bat. This is just me going off on something out there that's just it just cracks my bat. Like what's going on here? So I'll, I'll see you in a second. All right, boys and girls, I am back. Uh, so this is something that's everybody's already heard of. So I I this is what cracks my bat. I mean, geez, jerseys, uh. And we're going to talk a little bit about jerseys here, okay? So, uh, as many of you know, maybe you don't know, um, but this year Nike has a new set of jerseys. Uh, basically, the way they developed them over the last year, they took what Majestic did and kind of utilized the same process and just put slapped the Nike uh, sign on there. This year, they actually took over the entirety of it. So, along with Fanatics, they developed these new jerseys that are just awful. I mean, enough has been said about them, but basically, this, the stitching, quote-unquote, does not look good. The numbers don't look good. They look like they've been put on, uh, on the side of a road. The name uh, in the back are all kind of um, arched now, so you're not going to get the one. The shorter names aren't just going across; they're going to be arched in one way or another. But even, even the letters themselves are really small. They seem to be just smashed in. They're talking. They're calling it athletic wear, which I I just don't get. I mean, baseball players have been doing this for over a hundred years. And yeah, sometimes it looks like a burlap sack or a potato sack or something like that. But recent jerseys have not been that. They've been lightweight enough. So they're trying to say that they're trying to minimize the weight on them and all this nonsense. So to me, it doesn't make sense. So let me let me dive into this one because I am a little passionate about this. So a jersey for Shohei Otani, an authentic jersey I just checked online, is $174, not including taxes or shipping. So you're asking someone. Uh, to pay $174 for a jersey that is not up to par. Like, if you get a jersey from Fanatic's website and you go to a knockoff, I'm not sure you're going to be able to figure out what the difference is. It's it's just amazing to think that this is what they're saying. So I'm going to read the quote from uh, uh, Commissioner Manfred, uh, Rob Manfred. And this is what he had to say. And after this, I'm going to try and break it down for you guys a little bit. So this is what he said. Open quote. We always pay attention to what anyone is saying about any new initiative with baseball any new initiative there's going to be some negative feedback. Manfred also said, first and foremost, uh, first and most important, these are Nike jerseys. We enter the rela- this relationship with Nike because of who they are and the kinds of products they produce. Everything they're done for, uh, everything they've done for us so far has been absolutely 100% successful across the board. The jerseys are different. They are designed to be performance wear as opposed to what has traditionally been worn. But they have been tested more extensively than any jersey in any sport. The feedback from all the from the All Star game last year, where the jerseys were worn, was uniformly positive from the players. So, I, I this guy is just so disconnected. I'm so happy he's gonna be gone in 2029. Hopefully, a lot sooner. But he's so he's so disconnected in the sense that, yeah, you're listening to your fans, but you what you're saying is that I really don't care. We tested it. The players say they're okay, which is not true. They're not saying that. And if you look at what happened in uh, the WPC, some of the teams wore those jerseys. Look at the great Britain jersey when the pitcher is uh, rubbing um, off some stuff on his shirt. And the T falls off. I think that's what it is. And, and you're telling me that it is high quality, that they're 100% happy with this product? That's ridiculous. So I'm going to break it down for you, okay? Robert Manfred makes about $17 million per year, uh, more with bonuses. So we'll round it up to about $25 million a year. After incentives, bonuses, all that nonsense, twenty-five million dollars a year. Of course, he's not going to be disconnected. Of course, he's going to be disconnected with the person working forty hours a week, making making fifty thousand dollars a year. The guy makes millions of dollars. He could probably discard one every two seconds and not really care about it. I I just don't get why he's saying like this is a good. This is a good thing. They are obviously not well done. They are obviously falling apart. While there's like they might be lightweight. But I don't understand how he can look a, a person in the face and say, yeah, this is a good product. I want you to spend your hard-earned money, $174 worth. And by the way, I've seen some of the Cub uh, jerseys of the City Connects are running about $430, authentic uh, uh, jerseys. You're asking him to buy a $430 jersey that's falling apart. The stitching's bad. You can barely read the back of the name. Are you out of your mind? So I'm going to break it down for you, Mr. Robert or Manfred. $25 million a year. A person who is making $50,000 a year makes $25 hourly, And this is before taxes, okay? I'll, I'll adjust it later. $25 an hour. On a daily basis, he makes or she makes $200. Weekly is about $1,000. Bi-weekly, every two weeks, $2,000. Semi-monthly is $2,167. Monthly, a, a person that makes $50,000 before taxes takes home four thousand three hundred and thirty three dollars that not including your rent your lights your pretty much everything that you need to pay for just to live including food comes from that four thousand three hundred and thirty three dollars so when we're talking about it you know how much they're making it, it, it's it's unbelievable to me that you think that someone could spend a whole day's pay on a jersey and say that that product, you can look them in the face, and that product is up to snuff. I would not tell anybody to spend $200 of hard work, hard-earned money to buy a product that's going to be falling apart. The stitching looks terrible. The name is small. And you're telling me it's athletic wear? Come on. That's just, that is nuts to me. So let's just say we, we include holidays and vacation days, adjusted the, the amount of money you're making. So once you throw that into there. Roughly about 47000 take home, probably a lot less than that to be perfect on depending on the state. But you're still asking them to spend $180.77 that they're making per day on a jersey that is just terrible. So let's just do this. How about you just fix it? Stop saying that you 100% tested it. Everybody's happy. They're not. Okay? Poppycock, I say. That is ridiculous. Fix it, Robert, before you leave. And you're still going to make the, the freaking Hall of Fame even after you protected the cheaters and the Astros. But you could at least do that. Come on. Help these help these people out there going to the ballgame and paying your salary and allowing people to go and watch these people play and charging them how, mu- how much money per ticket now? It is ridiculous on top of that. So it's $40 just to get in. For a family of four, I mean, you're talking $160.00 just to go to the ballpark on top of that, hey, I want to buy a jersey to support my team on another $200 and it's garbage. Let's just say it's garbage. Come on, do better MLB, do better Nike. Let's get this fixed. So I talked a little bit about uh, spring training and the Robert Manfred quote and the jerseys, which are just terrible. And I, I wanted to buy one this year. I'm not going to do it until they fix it. So anyway, I will be including links to various articles that I kind of uh, go to help um, inform what I've talked about a little bit today. Uh, The strat reference guide, I'm also going to link down below in the notes. The Dodger schedules and TV broadcasts as well. So just to make sure you go check out those links, it's easy references. Um, So I wanted to make sure everybody had the Dodger game spring training schedule, the Dodger regular season game schedule, the Dodger national broadcast schedule. All a little different, including the 2024 non-roster spring training invites. And it's also worth just to look see these up and coming guys are going to be on that could make the roster at some point in their careers just to kind of check them out. Uh, I would also like to, uh, uh, you know, do a little plug for some of these other um, uh, podcasts. You know, I actually follow Dodger nation a lot. I uh, follow locked on Dodgers. Uh, buddy of mine just started up a uh, podcast who's talks about sports and life and all kinds of stuff. It's uh Valley voices uh, unleashed up in uh, NorCal uh, central Valley. So I would definitely check it out. It's on Spotify now it's uh valley voices unleashed um so again thanks uh, thanks guys for for listening today i really really appreciate it um so just you know be sure to subscribe scroll to the bottom of the podcast episode where you'll find all the links i'll have them ready to go uh thanks for joining us on the dodger dogs podcast today and don't forget it is truly blue heaven on earth when you live eat and breathe dodgers baseball have a wonderful day y'all